0: And thank you for joining us for this edition of the Ashley Webster Experience. Alongside Brian Sullivan, we have a special guest in the studio today. Her name is Lara Trump. That's quite a famous last name, is oh, it not, Lara? I guess it is. Her <laughs> father-in-law, by the way, is the president. Um, Lara, you are married to Eric. You've been married since when? 2014. 20... 2014. So it was prior to the big uh, run for president. Oh, yes. When you met Eric then, did he ever say, I think my father's really tempted to run for president. Back when you met him, you dated for oh. some time before you married. Was that ever part of the conversation?
1: Well, it's interesting because I always heard my father-in-law get frustrated with things and say, why are things this way? Why isn't somebody fixing this? Why are we paying $10,000 for a hammer that you know is invoiced <laughs> yeah. by the government? Remember the shrimp running on the treadmill? That was a very big frustration as well. Um, But I don't know that any of us knew this was going to happen. I've been with my husband now for about 11 years. Mm -hmm. So certainly in the beginning, it was never something we talked about. But I think as we did get closer to when he announced in 2015 – Um, it it definitely became something that we all thought maybe this could be a reality.
0: Did he come to the family before and just say, look, I'm really thinking about this. Are you prepared for what this could entail? Because I guess no one could be prepared for that. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But he did give the the big speech. Yeah,
1: no, he did. Actually, his birthday is Flag Day, June 14th. So he announced on June 16th of 2015 And on his birthday at at dinner, he actually told all of us, he said, guys, this is really something I want to do. I'd like to announce this soon. But I want you all to know, to your point, Ashley, what you're getting into, because it's not just about me. It's about all of us. And if anyone is uncomfortable with this or doesn't think this is something that they want to be involved with, Let's talk about it, and we all wholeheartedly supported him and said, "Let's go ahead and do it." Hmm. I don't know if we knew exactly <laughs> what we were getting into, uh, but but yeah, I thought it was really great that he came to all what of us. Was, and what was
0: that. that experience like? I mean, it was like 17 candidates in the Republican primary, and everyone said, "Well, there's Donald Trump; he's the outsider." He'll and one by one they dropped out, and mm-hmm. yeah. and he and he and of course we know what happened. The rest is history. Remarkable. What was it like to be a part of that?
1: Well, I'll tell you just that the day he announced, you know, we were all there at Trump Tower downstairs, up on stage with him, and it was interesting before he even came down the famous escalator, we were all up in his office, and there are several TVs up up there on the 26th floor and we were all watching all these different news outlets, and everyone was saying either this is a joke or this is a publicity stunt, he's going to announce another season of The Apprentice no one actually, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. actually thought he was serious, and we were all like, is there something we don't know? Because he's very serious (laughs) about this Um, and it was it was very hard in the beginning I think for all of us it was a big adjustment Mm. and you remember immediately they came out of the gates for him and None of us, I think, knew how much he would be able to withstand. But, man, has he withstood Mm -hmm. some stuff, starting from really day one when he announced. Um, But it was such an incredible thing to be a part of, Mm. um, to have a front row seat to history like we did, to see, as you said, 17 incredible candidates Mm. on the Republican side – all running against each other. Those early debates were amazing to go to. Incredible. Yeah.
0: Great television. Yes. Prime
1: time. Um, and, and the fact that, that I got to be there to witness it firsthand and be a part of it is something I will never forget and and it was just so incredible to do and then once he became the nominee i mean i think we were all like wait a minute Are you surprised? this could really happen i you know what at that point i think we weren't surprised anymore we, initially i think we we a little bit were because mm-hmm. we all listened to we used to listen to all the different media outlets because you used to be able to trust quite a few of them back, <laughs> back in, the, in day. the day yes these days, not so much, but mm. um, we would listen to them, and they were giving the president a like one percent chance of yeah. actually becoming the nominee and, and things like that so I think at first it surprised us, but by the time he became the actual Republican nominee, I think we all knew because we'd been out in the country and we'd felt the movement that was forming behind him and mm-hmm. really the the what the people wanted a fighter somebody to stand up for them all the things that mm. we knew he was going to do. Um, so at that point, I don't think we were that surprised.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Uh, OK, so now you've been exposed to this and, and we alluded to it. But now let's get into the nitty gritty. It is a vicious world. <laughs> and I never have seen the level of viciousness and since Donald Trump has become president. Um, people just, for whatever reason, hate him or they love him. There's no in between. Right. And the viciousness, and you mentioned the media, everybody involved in this process, it's all raised to a level I don't think I've ever seen before. Um, what's it like from your perspective to deal with that on a daily basis?
1: Um, It's never easy, you know, to to see people that you care about and that you love Mm. daily, just get maligned by the media. And when you know the truth about a person and you know the truth about a situation and you hear lies out there and and it's very frustrating. And then personally, to to have it happen to you directly. I mean, nothing really prepares you for that. But I think we all went into this that day. My father-in-law talked to us all knowing that this was so much bigger than any of us. And um, it's about really our country and and the country that this president is going to leave. And I think we all know that one day people as a whole in this country, I think, will reflect back very positively on the Trump administration and and the things that my father-in-law is doing. So. I think it's become commonplace sadly for us all. Mm. We know that if we are mm-hmm. if you have the last name Trump, if you support the president and stand up for him very vocally, you are going to get attacked. Right. Um that's just the nature of the beast these days. And it's a shame that you're not able to express your opinion safely that people are are, are get so hostile about it, mm. but um Sadly, that that is the place that we're in now. And that
0: just happened to you recently. You know, you, you were talking about the, the federal shutdown, the partial shutdown. You said, look, uh, I, I, you know, a little bit of pain in the big picture is what, what we should look at this as. And that was taken as a Marie Antoinette moment. You have no clue what these oh, federal workers are going through trying to pay their uh, you know, pay their bills. And yet you say that was just a tiny excerpt out of a long interview.
1: Yeah. Well, th- and that's exactly it's its the tactic of the mainstream media mm. these days. They, they like to take anybody's words, again, that supports the president and twist them around and misconstrue things and try to make you look like a horrible person anyone that knows me and anyone that knows my heart knows that the way I was portrayed by all of these news outlets was completely false and if you watch the entire interview by the way I think what I was saying was very clear listen I come from North Carolina I grew up in a middle-class household I went to public school I have Mm. many people in my own family who live paycheck to paycheck like a lot of Americans do like probably a lot of these government workers who are not getting paychecks do I know it must be incredibly tough right now for them. And unfortunately, because they took a couple of select words out of an otherwise Mm -hmm. benign statement I made, they they made me out to be this horrible, as you said, Marie Antoinette type person, (laughs) um, which I find very frustrating because, you know, my character is very important to me and and that I would never say anything or or suggest anything otherwise, uh, aside from saying that these people really are sacrificing right now for our country and Listen, it is painful for them right now, but I do think if the president is able to get something done with immigration, it will be for the future of our country for Mm -hmm. many generations to come.
0: Couldn't agree more. And, you know, Mm -hmm. in this world of social media, you you were talking about taking an excerpt. Think of the Covington school kids, how that went viral. Mm -hmm. But we didn't see the whole video. When you look at the whole video, it's a whole different situation. It wasn't taunting. It wasn't one coming to the other. Um, And yet there's no real check by so-called journalists to find out what the real story was. And that thing blew up and, and again another example I think of oh, people yeah. quick to uh, rush mm-hmm. to judgment well
1: the media these days would rather be first than be accurate yeah and it's it's a race to the bottom whoever's got the the nastiest mm. dirtiest story you run with that that is what is salacious and that is what people are going to drive people to click on your your website or whatever it might be and sadly that's exactly what you saw happen those kids lives will never be the same and who is held accountable for it you know mm-hmm. if I were mm-hmm. if I were those kids Parents, I would really consider suing because that is not right. That is defamation. What they did to those kids and the way they portrayed them Mm -hmm. was wholly inaccurate. It was not fair to them. And then now we've seen the actual entire video come out and Mm -hmm. you see how this started and what was happening. And listen, no one is innocent. The kids could have walked away, but sure. nothing yeah. that happened that they did was so egregious right. that they deserved to be labeled and, and maligned in the way that they were. So yeah. just another example of how things are done these days in the mainstream media. Well, it
0: seems like, you know, vilifying the opposition is right out of the playbook for the left right now. I yeah. mean, anyone that opposes their viewpoint, vilify them to the max before even having justification. I mean, these are these kids. Oh, yes. Vilify them before you know what happened. That's right. the tactic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Laura, do you get to go down to the White House a lot? Are you more in New York? Where, I, you know? I'm,
1: I live in New York. I do go down to DC, unfortunately, <laughs> down to the swamp. <laughs> um, I go down every every other week, and I'm. I'm so lucky I, I get to go visit the White House. It's still in such an impressive thing to What's me. What's it
0: like in the back? Behind the curtain, you oh know, my type gosh. of thing. gosh, it's incredible. Is it cool?
1: It's <laughs> so cool. I can't believe I History. get to go there. Yeah. And you know, I have to say the 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 people that work there at the White House, the butlers and the staff there are such incredible people. Mm. They literally like we give each other hugs when I come in. They say welcome home. They it's the nicest cool. group of people. I can't say enough great things about them. Um and I listen, there was never a world that I lived in especially coming from North Carolina, coming from my background, where I ever thought I was going to be able to walk in the front door of the White House. Never in a million years. But
0: life is different now. You have... Well, I'm sure you have Secret Service protection. Yes. You're living in this little bubble. Yes. Um, life, everything you say now has to be carefully <laughs> thought through every time you go out on the street. Uh, I mean, it must be a little suffocating as well.
1: It's a, a, certainly a different life to live. Um, and I, again, I never would have expected any of this. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's a little tough sometimes to live in New York because... Yeah. Let's face it, I I don't think many New Yorkers voted for the president. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) I think a lot of them are watching fake news and probably don't love us. But I will say I'm actually always surprised when Eric and I go out to dinner in the city, which we do often – uh, despite my culinary background uh-huh. <laughs> She went to the
0: Culinary Institute right? <laughs> I know. We, we, yeah.
1: we go out to dinner often And the number of people that come up to us With very positive and encouraging oh. messages Please nice. tell the president to keep fighting We love your family mm. We know what you guys are going through It's so nice to hear that And I think I'm always surprised Living in New York that yeah. that, that still happens So it's actually very That's nice great.
0: And I've yeah. always fascinated You know, I'm an immigrant I've been here since mid-80s Came from England Love it here Citizen, proud citizen um, And one thing that fascinates. I've lived all over this country, believe it or not, through television. I've lived in Montana. I've lived in Northern California, oh, wow. Yuma, Arizona, Green Bay, Wisconsin. I was in Nashville, Tennessee. For te- so I feel like I've seen a great set part of this country, wonderful people. And I think that's what the president taps into. When when you live on the East Coast and the West Coast, they really are the liberal elites. Yes. And they feel like they know what's best for everybody. They have no clue what happens in the middle of this country and how these people feel. And I think the the, the timing for... Donald Trump's run couldn't have been more perfect because he was the person who understood that they felt completely out of touch with Washington and no one was listening to them one bit. Yeah. And it must have been amazing for you when you – I'm sure you went to some of those rallies in the Midwest and and, and, and in the middle of this great country and must have been absolutely amazed at the reception he was getting.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, I'll tell you, in 2016, I I got to travel myself around the country Mm. with a group of women. We called ourselves Women for Trump on a bus Mm -hmm. and not a luxurious. Everyone thinks we fly on (laughs) private jets everywhere on a bus. Um, But it was amazing to to see the number of people that would come out to see us because I was this man's daughter-in-law and they were so excited about the the prospect of having Donald Trump as the president. Um, But then, Ashley, as you're saying, to go Mm. to these rallies, it was mind boggling to see People waiting in line literally since the night before. And by the way, it still happens now. Mm. Even even in non-election years, um, we we hold rallies at the I work with the campaign and mm. we we put on these rallies for the president. It's amazing to see the response that we get and the the enthusiasm that the people have for this man. But I will never forget the first Trump rally I went to back in 2016. It was unlike anything I'd ever experienced. And I knew then. I said, if this many people, I think it was in Mississippi, yeah. if this many people are coming out, how is he going to lose? This is this is unheard of. And yeah. then you would see the crowds at the Hillary Clinton, you know, at her rallies. Well, she
0: was... She was just, you know, hobnobbing with Springsteen out in the Hamptons, (laughs) you know, she completely underplayed it. She had no she wasn't so out of touch.
1: But you would see these these gatherings of people for her and you would see that they were kind of all pushed in. It was Mm. a very different thing. Mm -hmm. And so I saw that and I said, wait a minute. Something is going on here, um, but but I think it, it was very interesting to be able to travel throughout this country, and and we all knew during the campaign something was happening that the mainstream media on the coasts were not getting right. because they weren't in the middle of the country, they weren't talking to the the real people of this right. country. Um, so we were just, I, I mean, we knew then he was going to win,
0: and he's not a politician, which is so appealing.
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah. you know, I um, mean, yes. he's an
0: everyday guy. Okay, he's a you know very successful New Yorker. Uh, You know, builder and entrepreneur and he has his empire and of course then the TV success with The Apprentice and everything. Having said that, it's interesting that someone like that can really relate to the average person, man and woman Mm -hmm. on the street. And it's the way he talks and it's the questions that he poses and the issues he takes up. Sometimes, okay, they may not be politically correct. I get that, but it's what everyone's been thinking for a long time and has been too afraid to actually verbalize it. And here was a person that came along and just down the line, one, two, three, four, all the way down to the bottom of the list, said, here's what I think is wrong with this country and here's what I'm going to do about it, which I think was very appealing. But even more appealing was that when he gets into office, he actually started to do yeah. it.
1: Delivers on his promises. That's the funny thing, by the way, right now with the uproar about everything to do with the wall. This is something he said he was going to do many mm-hmm. years ago. Yes. He has done almost everything that he has said yeah. during the campaign that he was going to do since he's been in office, we we always have these signs at the rallies, promises made, promises kept. Mm-hmm. But it's true. That's right. really yeah. what you've seen happen. And when does a politician do that? that that's unheard <laughs> of. Um, but but it, it really, I think it was very refreshing for people to see how he spoke. And, and you know, he, as a, a businessman, as a real estate mm-hmm. mogul, He was a guy who loved to go to construction sites and talk with the guys working there, who loved to chat with the doormen and the drivers and the custodians in all of his buildings. He liked to hear from from all those people and get their perspectives on things. So he's always been sort of a man of the people. He's never been afraid Mm -hmm. to reach out and talk to anybody and – ironically, those are the people that he promoted up through the ranks who were some of the executives in the Trump organization today, started in in these very basic positions. Um, But that's the kind of guy he is. He doesn't care what your pedigree is. He doesn't care about your gender, your race, your religion, anything. He cares about you getting the job done.
0: He also yeah. doesn't care of the occasion or where he's at. If he thinks something and he truly believes that he says it, I'll never forget the look on the faces of the European leaders when they were all <laughs> lined up and he gave them a lecture on why they should be paying more money to NATO. It was one of the greatest moments mm. ever. Oh my gosh, which I yeah. you know, I really respect that. Someone should have said it a long time ago and you have Merkel and Macron all there <laughs> kind of looking at their feet while he was giving them this speech. But he was absolutely right. You know, I've been going back and forward uh, to England a lot, um, covering the Brexit uh, fiasco. (laughs) And, you know, okay, a lot of the politicians, oh, Donald Trump, blah, 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 blah. Many people on the street, believe me, said... I wish we had Donald Trump here. He'd wow. get this thing sorted out. He'd wow. tell what tell the EU what they can do with their Brexit, you know, requirements and regulations. He would have been a much stronger leader. Just shows you. Well, and I
1: think that that's across the board and mm. many places in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a good friend who was just in Paris mm. last weekend, and I said, "Well, how was your trip to Paris?" and He said it was great, but he said it was so interesting because it was very different than the last time I was there a couple years ago. He said the entire road on the way to Charles de Gaulle to the airport covered in tents with people sleeping on the side of the road. And he said, I talked to the cab driver and I said, you know, what Mm. do you guys think about this? And he said, I love your president. Everyone I know loves your president. We know as you're saying, yeah. if he were here, we wouldn't have this happening. This is, you know, we don't even recognize our country anymore.
0: So you're a senior campaign advisor to the president. And 2020, I mean, we've been saying it's just around the corner. It literally is. It's, you know, yeah. we're in 2019 now. Um, preparations, I'm sure already, you know, you already got your kind of strategies Put out there. Um, What are you expecting? I mean, we've had a number of Democrats throw throw their hats in the ring already. And with the radical shift to the left among the Democrat Party, I would imagine that's quite encouraging for you. Oh, yes.
1: Well, we like that because the crazier (laughs) they look, I mean, it's it's actually, it'll be really interesting to see. And um, I think there will be a lot more people that try to get into that race. And I actually don't know why, because I think Donald Trump is going to win very easily yeah. in 2020. <laughs> but if you want to invest in in, in that, go right mm-hmm. ahead. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been interesting to see the the people that have already gotten into the race. And I agree. I think there are a lot of, of views that are very radical and a, yeah. a lot of things that are going to be very hard for Americans as a whole to swallow uh, when you look at. The the difference between what these people are suggesting and the president we have now, and let's face it, the people mm-hmm. voted for the president not too many years ago. Um, but it's funny because everyone always asks, "Well, what is your strategy?" Our strategy is is basically let the president do his job, and he right. is his best advertiser, mm-hmm. he's his best campaigner. So um, we certainly are making preparations, hiring staff, figuring all that that sort of thing out. But um, but he he's the best man for for that job, and so we just let him let him go. run with it. For someone <laughs>
0: someone of his age, uh, and I don't mean that derogatory at all. I mean I mean he's a his his level of energy, yeah. which he which he displayed incredibly on the campaign trail in the in the first uh, presidential race. I mean, there were reporters covering him that couldn't keep up with him. <laughs> um, yeah. I, You know, six states in a day. I mean, it's remarkable, and I'm sure we're going to see more of that.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's funny because uh, there would be times that I would travel with him when I wasn't doing our, our Women for Trump circuit, mm. and everybody on the plane would fi- we'd get to the last rally of the day and everyone would be exhausted and ready to go to sleep on the plane, and he'd say, well, wait a minute, we're, we're in... Alabama, we could go west and still do another rally and (laughs) everyone would be like, no, we can't do it. He's incredible. I have never... Met a person that can outwork him. Mm. Uh, he doesn't require much sleep. He never has, mm. and and he it, it's it's gonna be a, another interesting thing to see. But listen, he's ready to go. <laughs> he loves this stuff. He loves getting out there. He loves fighting for the people. He loves being among the people of this country. That's why I think he really enjoys the rallies. So he
0: doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't get a lot of sleep. But we know that his appetite is for more of <laughs> the fast food variety. And okay, that's that's his you know his. Uh, sin if you like. You're a triathlete, you like to eat well, you exercise well. (laughs) Do you ever say to your father-in-law, you may just want to put the cheeseburger aside today.
1: Well, listen, it's working for him so far. So I don't want to, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's that's yeah. the, the mantra. I mean, I, I always worry. You know, I want to mm. make sure he's healthy. But right. it's sort of amazing. Mm. I think he's got like the greatest genetics ever, or something which my husband likes to point out to me when I give him a hard time. He says, no, 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 our Trump genes, we're good. Uh, um, does your
0: husband love the cheeseburger too? I mean, who doesn't? He's
1: been but... known to, to take down a couple uh, cheeseburgers. But I, I drag him to the gym. With me well, too.
0: you're a you're, uh, uh, pastry chef, right? That's what you're training?
1: Technically, in? I'm a pastry chef. I moved to New York yeah. uh, a little under 12 years ago mm. to go to culinary school, of all things, and I am technically a pastry chef, and my husband loves to remind me that he hasn't gotten a cake or cookies <laughs> or bread or anything in a very long time, but uh, with a job and with a 16-month-old baby... Right. Two dogs. We've got a lot going on. So maybe maybe in a couple years I'll bake them some things. We'll see. Do
0: you get to get out of the city? I know you go down to D.C. You have a place outside of the city. Is that where you can kind of go yes, and hide and we do. relax a little yeah, bit? Yeah, we,
1: we have a, a house on the weekends we go mm. to just outside of the city. And Great. we love it. You know, I grew up on, on the beach and in yeah. a, a much smaller place than than New York City. So um, we love it. Our dogs love it. I think it's great. My son has a great time. So uh, we certainly get out when we can. And we're really lucky that we're we're able to do that.
0: So out of all of this experience, and I'm sure you've mentioned before, you kind of pinched yourself. How the heck did this happen? How (laughs) am I in the middle of all of this? What has been the biggest surprise to you?
1: Wow. I mean, there are so many. I think really for me, I guess my own personal role because I never would have envisioned myself um, caring about politics or caring about these sorts of things as much as I really do and and feel as strongly as I do about them because honestly, before my father-in-law got into this race, listen, I paid attention to politics, but I don't Mm -hmm. think any of us Mm -hmm. really did to Mm -hmm. the extent we do these days. I I think we can credit him with really opening up a lot of people to uh, the political spectrum. So uh, I think that for me, I've been very surprised by that. I also am I'm always – again, we live in New York, but I'm always surprised by how incredible people are when I'm on an airplane or walking Mm. through an airport or something. People are are so excited about the president and and have the nicest things to say to me despite what you'll hear out there otherwise um, and and my husband and and all of us really. And it feels so good to know that the the people of this country really have our back, have the president's back, and Mm -hmm. they get it.
0: And it's frustrating because we've had this, the Mueller investigation going on forever, the Russian collusion. We have Michael Cohen. These things just, you know, surely if Mueller had anything, we'd heard about it a long time ago. Right. but it just kind of hangs as a little bit of a cloud out there. Uh, how, how does how does your father-in-law handle that? How does the the inner circle handle that?
1: Well, we all know it's bogus. We all know it's nonsense. Anyone mm. that worked in the campaign or worked alongside the campaign in 2016 knows we were so proud that we were such a grassroots entity. And and really, we felt like the little engine that could. No one gave us a chance. Everyone sort of laughed off Donald Trump as a prospective president one day. Mm -hmm. And we had the people behind us. And we, we knew that we did. And we felt so good about that. And the idea that we could have, even if we wanted to, collude with Russia or anybody else is such nonsense. And Obviously people people will think whatever they want but I think for him and and for all of us we know the truth and mm-hmm. and so
0: I mean, it's got to come to an end. What? It's, it's got to come you to think. an end.
1: If he had anything at right. all, we, uh, as you said, we would know about mm. it. And it, unfortunately, that's the only hand I think that the Democrats and the media have to play. So they are going to run with it as far and as long as they can to try and distract people and keep people really from paying attention to how much better our country is thanks to the president. And, and you but know, you it's look sad at, to see.
0: I look up at MSNBC, you know, I'm on the Varney show every day and we always have all the other monitors up and I always look up at MSNBC and there's always something. Yeah. Mueller investigation, Michael Cohen says he's being threatened by the Trump family, he doesn't want to testify... I, I mean it's it's drip, drip drip
1: well, what else would they talk about the low unemployment numbers, <laughs> right. all the positive oh, no way. Things. Right. right so of course, I'm sure when they're in their strategy yeah. meetings they' say, how are we going to spin this Mueller thing today to make it even bigger? It's crazy it's <laughs> mm-hmm. it listen, I always maintain that the truth will come out mm. that that you know we we unfortunately have to wait until this whole thing is over and it's all nonsense and. Gosh, what a burden on the taxpayers of this country to have to foot the bill for this. But um, but, you know, we we will be exonerated. The president will. It's frustrating,
0: isn't it? Because I know that the president hired Michael Cohen. He'd known him as 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 an attorney prior to him going into the White House. You think you're hiring good people, but it doesn't always work out that way.
1: Well, and I think when people get into a situation like Michael Cohn and they become desperate, they're basically mm. willing to do anything they can to save themselves. And I think that's where he is right now. Mm. I Listen, he's already going to prison for yep. three years, right. starting in March. And I, I think he knows that there could be more on the horizon for him. I think he's pretty much willing to do or say anything possible to reduce his sentence or, or prevent yeah. him from going to prison oh, for yeah. longer. So when you have someone that's that desperate, that's backed into a corner like that, they're they're going to say and do anything they can, mm-hmm. and um, it's sad to see. You know, it, it always is. It, it doesn't feel good when mm. you have people betray you like that and and really turn on you. But talking
0: of which, do I bring up Omarosa? Oh,
1: jeez. The <laughs> now one- there was
0: a, there was another situation <laughs> where you know um, this was a person that was a contestant on The Apprentice, and then it got ugly very quickly. And she comes out with this book. And you it's, had to be in the middle of that?
1: Well, Omarosa traveled the country with me in 2016 on that bus. Is that right? Yes. And so she, along with uh, a bunch of other incredible women, Diamond and Silk, Lynn Patton, right, Katrina right. Pearson, uh, we were all on this bus together. And when you are with people and it's almost like you fight like a war, like it's a combat situation, mm. you become like a small family. Sure. And, and they all came to my baby shower. Omarosa came to my Jeez. baby shower. You know, it's sad. I, I thought she was someone I could trust. Never in a million years would I guess that she would record our conversations, splice them together in a way that, you know, listen, I don't think anything I said was wrong, but she tried to portray it that way. Right. She
0: claimed, tried to buy her silence with a with a $180,000 job, yeah. uh, you know, um, that <laughs> but, she didn't really have to show up to.
1: You know, she's she's another very sad individual. She, mm. she pops her head up every now and again to try and scratch herself back to the surface. Um, but you know, I, I think what we've learned is really who our true friends are in all of this. And uh, she certainly wasn't one of them.
0: And there's someone who told me the president, as a style, and this has nothing to do with Omarosa or Michael Cohen, just as a style, doesn't mind a little bit of chaos around him, a little bit of because that way ideas are sparked. It's and true. If, if you have different competing factions within the administration, that's fine as long as they do their job. Right. And it can be a creative force.
1: No, I think so. And I think he's always operated like that. I mean, if you if you look back at like The Apprentice, some of the the greatest shows are because, you know, all these different personalities and ideas were coming out. And um, and he does like to hear from all sides. He likes to get an idea of of the opposition to to something before he makes a decision. So uh, that that is how he operates. I think that's true. I would say that's right.
0: His technique, going back to the primary of l- giving a nickname, a, a, a title, <laughs> is that something he's always done? Little Marco, Low Energy Jeb, Lion Tear, well, Ted, whatever. You know, it, it, whatever you say, it's very effective.
1: Yeah. Well, he's a brander. He's a brander. <laughs> so he brands people and like it or not, it tends to stick.
0: It does. And
1: it it's impactful. So, you know, I think he's, listen, to his credit, I think it really worked out pretty well for him with that.
0: And so we expect more of that in 2020, <laughs> whoever comes up on the other side, I'm sure.
1: We'll see. We will see. I, I will be curious to watch just like everyone. For those
0: debates, and especially with Hillary Clinton, did he get a lot of training? I mean, or did he say, you know what? I know television. I got this.
1: I, I think it was it was a lot of him. I mean, he wanted... He seemed he,
0: very natural. He
1: wanted information, but he didn't like a lot of people in his ear. He didn't want a lot of coaching. And I think that's that's very evident when you watch them. He was very natural. He was relaxed. Mm, he was yeah. himself and he 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 th- he can think on his feet and no he he doesn't like a whole lot of coaching for that and then you see the the reciprocal of that you see Hillary Clinton who you know yeah. they've been giving her these very specific lines to <laughs> yeah. say to knock him down and eh, just doesn't seem She's does really not a fighter like that yeah, does it's he, a street fight
0: does, yes. he watch, does he watch SNL and the Alec Baldwin portrayal any of that does I don't he get know, a kick actually. out of it you know, I've often wondered.
1: It's so sad too, because I used to like SNL. Yeah. They used yeah. to be a funny Usually show. Funny. Now yeah. they 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 portray yeah. my husband as some sort of an idiot. that can't even function in life, yeah. and we know how they portray the president. I actually don't know if he watches it. Remember, he went on SNL yeah. he did. during the campaign. Yes, yeah. I mean it's it's, it's amazing to see how things right. have have flipped. But mm-hmm. it shouldn't surprise anyone. So when you're not doing when you're not
0: dealing with politics. Mm-hmm. You are working with rescue animals, correct? Yes. Rescue dogs. Yes. What do you do with that?
1: Well, I do a lot of things. Uh, I have two dogs, and oh. I will say to anyone – I would have like 100, by the way, if my husband wanted to divorce me. me. They're the best. <laughs> yes. um, to anyone out there considering uh, getting a dog or a cat, I would really encourage them to consider a rescue animal because they know you rescued them. They're forever grateful to you, and um, it's it's one of the most rewarding things you can do. I um, was very instrumental down in Florida. There was a vote during the 2016 uh, – uh, the 2018 midterm election mm-hmm. uh, to get rid of greyhound racing in Florida. Right. Florida had the last, uh, the majority of the, of the last racetracks in the mm. country. It's a very cruel sport. It's uh, the dogs have a very high euthanization rate, a high yeah. injury rate. And Pam Bondi, the attorney general down there, Matt Gates who is also a big supporter of the president, a lot of uh, Ron DeSantis, there were a lot of great people that signed on to this and said, we think this is a great mm-hmm. idea. So we were very proud to see that pass with 69% of the vote in Florida. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always encouraging really positive things you know, when it comes to the administration. Obviously, I don't work for the government and I'm not a lobbyist in any capacity, but right. whenever I am around people who make these decisions, I encourage them, I really want to see something happen with puppy mills I think we yes. need to address that in our country. Um, uh, dog fighting, it, any it goes, animal
0: cruelty. Yeah, it goes
1: hand yes. in hand with with drugs, with also illegal immigration. Mm. Um, so I'm just an animal lover on all fronts. Mm-hmm. Horses, dogs, you bring them all to me. <laughs> I was a crazy kid who brought home like an injured bird, and my mom thought I was going to get some disease. Uh. But um, but I I I'm just an animal well, an animal nut.
0: Kaylee McEnany, who's been on the podcast, she yes. said that you were instrumental with this, and oh. she said she, you're one of the biggest animal advocates that she knows that's
1: so, so nice so you know. well i do a lot behind the scenes because we know when a trump puts our name on anything they'll try to attack <laughs> yes. it yeah. so i will have i think some exciting things to report in the future i'll keep them under wraps for now well but- on
0: that note we're gonna have to wrap this up we're gonna have to have you come back and Absolutely. give us an update on that yeah. and everything Part else in two. the we'll world do. of the trumps we'll Laura trump thank you so much for being here today thank you. appreciate it and thank, thank you, you everyone for listening we'll see you here next time